This podcast was recorded in September 2020. Any references to social distancing and infection control were valid at the time of recording. You're listening to a podcast from Penny's Hill Practice. Hello once more and welcome back to our podcast series brought to you by Penny's Hill Practice. For those of you who are new to our podcast, I am Dr. Jeff Hamp. Hello, I am Dr. Sam McGinley. How are you? We're glad to have you back with us this week on the podcast. Now, last week we discussed breast cancer and breast screening. This time on the Penny's Hill Practice podcast, we're discussing menopause and hormone replacement therapy. Now, this month on the 18th of October is World Menopause Day, and so this makes now an ideal time to cover this topic. That's right, and don't think that it isn't a podcast for you if you are a male. There is plenty of useful and really interesting information in this week's podcast, so why don't you keep on listening? And we really do thank all of you for listening to us. We have really seen some brilliant listener feedback and figures and are so pleased that you all enjoy listening to the podcasts. We are always looking for new ideas and topics and suggestions, and if you do have a suggestion for a topic or for a guest, please let us know and we'll do our utmost to make it happen. Now, as you know, with numbers of cases of coronavirus rising again, there are things we can do to help prevent further spread. So remember, the most important things, wash your hands with hot water and soap frequently and do this for at least 20 seconds. Remember to do this when you get home or you get into work, before you eat or drink, after you've coughed, sneezed or blown your nose, and before you touch your face, mouth, eyes or nose. That's right, we want you all to stay safe and healthy, so please remember those simple things that Sam has just said. And why do we keep saying about not touching your face if you haven't washed your hands? Well, next time you're sitting there or chatting with someone, just watch how many times they touch their face. It might surprise you. Right, so with that out of the way, let's put the kettle on, sit back and enjoy this week's podcast. Okay, so first off, what is menopause? So the menopause is a natural and normal life event for women. It is not an illness, a disease or a medical condition. It is when a woman stops having periods and is no longer able to conceive naturally. It usually occurs between the ages of 45 and 55 as a woman's estrogen levels decline. In the UK, the average age for a woman to reach the menopause is 51. As we live longer and longer, this means on average, women spend almost a third of their lives being postmenopausal. Most women will experience symptoms of the menopause and some of these can be severe and affect your everyday activities. Common symptoms include hot flushes, night sweats, difficulty sleeping, low mood, anxiety, reduced libido, reduced memory and concentration, vaginal dryness, discomfort during sex, and increased urine infections. And it is important to realise that these symptoms can start months or even years before your periods stop. Yes, that's right, and they can continue for four to five years after your last period. Some women will experience them for longer. It is estimated that three in four menopausal women experience symptoms, and one in four have symptoms so severe that it affects their lives negatively, including work and home life. Now, there are some women who will have an early menopause before the age of 40 sometimes called a premature menopause. This is estimated to affect one in a hundred women. And as we'll see, if you're experiencing an early menopause, this is definitely one reason, but not the only reason, to see your doctor. Okay, now we know what the menopause is, do we need to have tests to diagnose it? 
Well, if you're an otherwise healthy woman aged over 45 with menopausal symptoms, no, there is often little to be gained by doing a blood test to make a diagnosis, and sometimes the blood test can delay the diagnosis as the level of hormones do fluctuate. However, if you are experiencing early menopause, then we will do tests to confirm this and investigate further. So, as we said earlier, if you are having menopausal symptoms at an early age, let your GP know. Often women with an early menopause tell us that someone else in their family also had early menopause. So, if you're aged 45 or over and have symptoms of perimenopause, such as irregular periods, flushing, sweats, or if you've not had a period for at least 12 months and are not on contraception, or you have symptoms and do not have a uterus, there are things we can do to help you with your symptoms and your health. Right, so what can we do about the menopause? Well, managing the symptoms of menopause is covered by really good, excellent guidelines, and these all support the idea that for the majority of women, starting HRT when they're under 60 has more benefits than risk. Yes, most benefit is gained when women start HRT within 10 years of their menopause. So what is HRT and how does it work? Well, depending on whether or not you still have a womb, HRT is either one or two hormones that are given back to you. The most important of these is oestrogen, and there are different ways to get the oestrogen. It could be a patch, a gel, or a tablet. And this is the first point where we're going to suggest some pros and cons, or some risks and benefits. If you have oestrogen via the skin, i.e. as a patch or a gel, at standard doses this is not thought to be associated with an increased risk of developing blood clots such as DVT or PE. Oestrogen as a tablet does increase your risk of these. Now patches tend to stick well and you can swim or shower or bathe with them on. They do much better for patients with migraines as they give a constant steady level of oestrogen, but they can irritate the skin in some women and sometimes they can come off. And sometimes they don't like coming off and can leave a sticky residue. Now gels are really easily absorbed and the dose is easier to vary, but you do have to remember to use them once or twice a day and younger women may need to use more. And these are often sticky and you do have to allow the gel to dry, so that's not good if you're someone who rushes out of the house in the morning. Tablets, as we've said, increase the risk of blood clots, but can also increase what we call sex hormone binding globulin, and this reduces free androgen and can decrease your libido. Also, tablets should be avoided if you're overweight, if you have diabetes or migraines. So oestrogen is the first hormone, and if you've had a hysterectomy, you need nothing more. However, if you still have your uterus, you must have progesterone too. Why is that? Well, without progesterone, your risk of developing cancer of the womb increases drastically. The progesterone counters this, and continuous progesterone seems to be better at protecting your womb. Now, unlike oestrogen, this only comes as a tablet. There is no patch or gel, unfortunately. Now, there is also the marina. This is an intrauterine system, what most people think of as a coil. This gives you contraception and has less risk of bleeding and can be safely used for four years as protection for your uterus. However, some women find, especially in the first three to six months, that they can get side effects and also spotting. HRT has many benefits. It reduces the symptoms of menopause and improves the psychological symptoms as well as your quality of life and can also improve any sexual problems linked to the menopause. In the longer term, it reduces vaginal dryness that can contribute to pain and infections. It can also stop bone loss and it can reduce your fracture risk and it helps you maintain your strength and your muscle mass. 
and before the age of 60, and within 10 years of menopause, it is thought to be associated with a reduction in heart disease. We know that it is not associated with an increased risk of heart problems. There is a very small increased risk of stroke in oral or tablet oestrogens, but in women under 60, this risk is very low. We do know that there is an increased risk of breast cancer, which can persist for more than 10 years after stopping, and this risk is higher for combined products. But remember, a woman has a greater risk of developing breast cancer if she is overweight or obese compared to taking HRT. The Women Health Institute study suggests that if a thousand women took HRT for five years, there would be four extra cases of breast cancer in women using combined HRT, and four fewer in those using oestrogen-only HRT. There is no evidence that HRT increases your risk of developing diabetes or affecting your diabetic control if you are diabetic. There is, as we discussed, an increased risk of developing blood clots, and if you are someone who has had blood clots, or have a family history of blood clots, or if your BMI is over 30, you must let your doctor know, and if you develop any symptoms of blood clots, please seek medical assistance immediately. And finally, ovarian cancer. There does seem to be an increased risk of ovarian cancer with all forms of HRT, but there isn't enough evidence to show that HRT causes ovarian cancer. After five years of HRT, there is only a 0.1% increase in ovarian cancers and less than 0.6% additional deaths due to ovarian cancer. Now HRT is only one part of the management of menopause. Lifestyle recommendations regarding diet, exercise, smoking cessation and safe levels of alcohol consumption are all as equally important. Yes, we recommend that you also eat a healthy balanced diet, maintain a healthy BMI, eat sufficient dietary calcium, by which we mean 700 milligrams a day, and undertake regular weight-bearing exercise and optimise blood pressure and diabetes control to help reduce the impact of these diseases on your menopausal symptoms. Well, we hope this podcast has been useful for you and interesting. We've used a variety of resources for the information in the podcast to ensure it's the most up-to-date as well as the most applicable. And don't forget, after finishing listening to this podcast, why don't you have a listen to our podcast on smoking cessation, keeping fit and healthy, eating a healthy diet, losing weight and increasing the amount you move. We have recently covered these subjects on the Penny's Hill Practice podcast and we have put the links to these as well as some other links in the podcast description so you can have a look. Now next week we'll be talking about food intolerances and this is a common issue we get asked about and is something that affects a lot of people. That's right, so make sure you listen to next week's episode and make sure you are subscribed so you are the first to hear it when it comes out. Don't forget if you have any topics you'd like us to cover, please send us an email at our dedicated email address, pennyshill.podcast at dorsetgp.nhs.uk. You can also leave us a message at anchor.fm forward slash pennyshillpractice forward slash message. And of course, you can go to our website and fill in the form on our podcast page there. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, and now also on Amazon Music too. And remember, do subscribe on your app so you're the first to be notified as soon as the latest episode is released. And don't forget, you can listen to us via your smart devices, your Amazon Alexa, your Google Home device, or in the car through internet radio on TuneIn, Android Auto, or Apple CarPlay. 
And if you have any pearls of wisdom that you would like us to share with our listeners, please feel free to share them with us. Thank you again for listening to us on the Penny's Hill Practice Podcast. Stay safe and well, and we'll see you soon in the next episode. Bye. Bye.